What's going on, world? It's your boy, Patrick Young, host of The Young and the Rowdies. Here we are again, another week, another episode where we get to dive into everything that is Florida basketball. And guess what? I just moved to my new apartment, so this is the very first episode that I get to do in my new apartment. Thank you guys so much for sharing, for listening, um, for allowing me to use this platform to continue to uh, spread bas- the love of basketball in the lives of uh, these great men and women um, that have come through the program and have gone on to do great things and just going through things in life. Um, anyways, again, continue to share um, this podcast. I thank you guys so much for so far. I think we have 72 five-star reviews. Uh, you know, a few months ago, I had no idea where this was going to go, but just look, reading one of these reviews from Hop off one, two, three, four, five, six. This podcast is great. Good guys. And it gave me a look into many things and changed my perspective on many things. I definitely recommend giving it a listen. I'm not sure what the many things were, uh, wasn't super specific, but anyways, I really appreciate the reviews and I thank the field media of 68, um, so much for allowing me this platform. Uh, without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce this next guest. Uh, This is going to be a great show. He's a current player to the roster. I've been trying so hard to get him on the show. Uh, And it's going to be it's going to be great. We're going to get into a lot from his journey of being a highly recruited player to the adversity that he's faced some other things that he got involved into off the court. Uh, But yeah, here we go coming on to the show hot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce Mr. B Relentless himself. Uh, if you can't recognize my man, Scotty Lewis, happy early birthday. No, it's coming up around the corner. My man finna be legal <laughs> very soon. Scotty, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Good, man. You know, it's game day. Can't be, can't be sad on game day, so I'm good. Uh, so, Scotty, let's start from the beginning, brother. You know, how did, how did you come to love, like, your upbringing with, with sports and, and everything? Like, did you start playing basketball right away? Uh, no, not really. I was into a lot of other things before I started playing, like, any sport. Um, I moved in with my dad when I was, like, 12, 13. I moved down to Georgia. Um, I had always lived with my mom at that point. And my dad was a, was a basketball player. My older brother, Jordan, was a basketball player. He and I are pretty close. He's my best friend. Um, then we moved down there. Um, I actually tried out for a football team first. <laughs> And my first football practice, they're running up hills in the in the middle of practice. I quit and walked back and said, "This is not for me." And then ten minutes later, my brother Jordan walks back there because he just got into a fight with one of his like teammates. Literally, like ten minutes later, then he quit football. And then like we just both stuck with basketball and just like always were playing and. My dad used to just shit on us all the time. Cause he would just—he was good. He could shoot. He was taller than us, stronger than us. And then, I mean, he won't do that now. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> but yeah, my dad—my dad honestly got me started uh, playing basketball. And um, at the young age, he kind of just asked me that I want to take it seriously. And when I said yes, I made a commitment to myself. And kind of like that uh, sixth grade going into seventh grade that year was my first year playing. My first summer. And um, it was 6 a.m. wake-ups and just working out all the time every day before school, after school. And 
you know, I, I think my dad actually set a really strong foundation for me athletically. And uh, when I moved back up north with my mom to Jersey and New York, I just kept that in me. So, yeah, you, you already had those habits like instilled in you on like, and your dad helped you so much. Like, what was what was your process uh, like in that in training and getting better, staying motivated, um, seeing other guys at your age at that time, whether they were better than you or the same level? Like, what kept you going? Of like, or was it just seeing like guys like Kobe Bryant or whoever it may be that you you like? I want to model my game and and uh, the things that they say that, that, that helps them stay motivated and, and to become great. I mean, I think it's a mixture of things. I mean, when I first started playing, I was terrible. I mean, like, the Georgia, the Georgia Tar Heels. Uh, I was playing on my dad's rec league team in Linwood, Georgia. And um, I was in this little gym with, like, six courts. And Georgia Tar Heels was playing two – I was playing two age groups above me. And they were playing my age group. And their coach saw me and stuff like that. And obviously you could tell that, like, I wasn't – supposed to be out there with the older guys because I was I was really skinny just really long arms just super agile things like that and he asked my dad about me and next thing you know the next game I'm playing for that team wow and uh some of my best on that team they went on to do crazy things play college football basketball still playing obviously and um I always looked around and so many guys better than me like so many guys better than me I was I was literally on my team block shots and run the floor I remember like I sucked so bad I remember the first free throw I ever made in the game and like everyone in the gym just like erupted because like I had never got before then like I remember I was I was in like a, a Baptist church basement and like it was like three courts in there and literally like everyone knew who I was just because I was like the tall like sixth grader fifth grader you know and everyone just went crazy so after then like that feeling of just like that you know, that like joy of like being successful. Like I always wanted to keep that. So I just worked and worked and worked that summer. And um, I ended up getting hurt my first summer in Jersey. And I just worked on my strength and stuff like that. And when I got back, I was like, it's time, you know, just to have everyone know who I am and yeah. be able to just like, so I guess it was a mixture of stuff. Obviously, Kobe right. has yeah. like every player. Um, and he's taught me a lot. Um, obviously not personally but just watching him and listening to his podcast and his interviews and just trying to embody his work ethic things like that um it's a hard thing for most people to understand but his work ethic is so crazy and yeah. when you try to oh the toll it takes on your body and the toll it takes on like everyone else around you it's um it's a hard thing to try to find it's but it's i'm, just, I'm, I'm here where i'm at yeah yeah you know when I, I i look at kobe man it's so there were so many things that people like say he he rubbed people the wrong way or whatever, but this guy just wanted to win and become great, and he didn't want anything to get not even himself. Like I listened to him on uh, uh, Jay Shetty's podcast called On Purpose, and he talked about this one thing that he does. He doesn't negotiate with himself, meaning because a lot of times we're our own worst enemy, or we will allow our thoughts to stop us from doing something that we said. Like oh man, you know I said I was gonna get to the gym at this time and do that. But, you know, I ain't feeling super well. He's like, nah, ain't no negotiating. There's no, this is a dictatorship. If I said I'm going to do this at this time, get this many shots up, stay in the gym this, this amount of time, I'm doing it. And I was like, dang, that's, that's, um, that's what separates him right there. Because so many guys, 
you know, motivation gets you started. You can start like, I'm motivated to, to get on this diet. I'm motivated to read more. But you, if you don't put the habits in place to continue, because some, some days you ain't going to be motivated, but like subconsciously, if you create those habits, you're going to walk into it. And once you start, you're like, dang, I'm here. Let me get better. Let me do what I, you know, set out to do. And I'm sure that's something that, that you had to learn along the way in the process. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, ever since I was in high school, I always preached to people like it's always better to be, um, you know, determined instead of being motivated. You know, motivation comes and goes. It comes in spurts. Yeah. Um, kind of, like, you know, they need a motivation to for their next painting, their next whatever. Uh, but if you're a driven person, you know, that's always something that's, you know, it's within you. That drive is constantly there and it goes. And what makes you want to constantly get better every day. Um, it's something that's super, super consistent. So um, once I found out what drove me every day, um, I always kept it in the back of my mind. I'm always writing stuff on my board and in my notebooks and talking to people, asking for advice uh, to try to keep fueling that, you know, that drivenness. So I, I agree with you for sure. Absolutely, brother. Um, so when, you know, you said you came out and you had had injury, uh, you, were, you were healing it up a little bit, coming to that next, that next year, you were like, I'm ready to go. Like when, when did things really start to click for you from that? Yeah. You know, not in the sense of I need to get better. Cause we always not got to have that mindset. I need to get, get better. But when you're like, I am, I'm finally like competitive, super competitive. I'm the one people want to not, you know, take down. Cause I'm, you know, you're the man at that time. You know, I would say, you know, being that the beginning, that defender blocker, uh, type player you were at the beginning helped that foundation for you to to cultivate that part of your game because you know a lot you know people look at you and they see your size and your athleticism or you play hard on both sides you're not a you're not a you just want to win um you know when did when did things click for you that you can be that guy that you are that guy uh you know i'm not really i don't i don't i don't that is um clicked still trying to figure out like my identity as a player and um obviously that's what i'm categorized as now trying to expand my game on both ends of the floor um but i kind of just go out there and play and do my best in order for my team to win you know i love like part of like what i've always done in my entire life so i love to win so whatever my coach or my team to do it for that to happen like that's just how I play yeah whether it's you know, me scoring five points and getting four steals four blocks and like five rebounds like just doing a bunch of the glue guy like intangible stuff and anything I can do in the offensive end you know that's a plus for my team that's a plus for myself obviously so it's just whatever it takes to win I didn't really I don't think I, I have that mindset yet to where like I feel like you know like I'm that guy um, I did a little bit in high school because um, it was just myself and another teammate, but I, I've kind of had to like change my approach. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like uh, any problems and deficiencies that I have as far as basketball goes, I've never been physically. It's always been like from the neck above, you know, being confident in myself. And like you said, like sticking to doing stuff that I say I'm going to do and being extremely consistent with those things. Um, in gameplay and, and in practice and individual workouts. So just trying to work on my mental right now. And I think once I figure all that out and what works best for me, 
um, I'll be able to create that mindset of just like, you know, I'm him, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's a, you know, the work that we put in, you know, even that's what I love about basketball is that in sports in general, man, it, it correlates so much to life to the consistency, the discipline, the sacrifices of this is what you say you want to achieve. This is, these are the, the things I value. This is where I say I want to go. All right, let me take a real look at myself as a basketball player, as a person, as a man. Are, are, am I making decisions? Am I sacrificing? Am I actually doing things that align to where I say I'm going to go? If you are, continue pursuing those things. If not, you know, go back to the drawing board. What do I need to change? What do I need to fix? What do I need to improve so I can or, – or are those things actually truly valuable to me that I say they are, you know? And if they're not, that's fine too. But, you know, it, it just helps when we're so real with ourselves because no one knows us better than ourselves. But so obviously in high school, um, you might have not thought that you were there yet. But as we know, you were a big time recruit. You know, there were a lot of eyes and scouts and uh, people that saw the, the capability in you of who you can be, you know? How did you handle all of that? Um, let's say, I don't call it noise, but because it, it feels kind of good like to get that recognition, but it, it can be noise because that stuff can distract you from the work that you were putting in and, and that consistency. What's going on, Rowdies? We'll get back to the show in a minute. But first, let me tell you about our partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook. With March Madness beating down our door, DraftKings is the best way for you to get a little action in on the game. If you have not downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app yet, what are you waiting for? It's the safest, it's the most secure, it's reliable, and it allows you to safely deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. And this week, they are offering my listeners a pretty sweet deal. If you sign up now, like right now, in this very moment, with the promo code FIELD68, that's F-I-E-L-D-6-8, you can turn $1 into $100. If one of the main event fighters in the UFC, 259 this weekend, lands a single punch, one single punch, that's it. One punch to turn into $1 into $100. Wow, I'm going to do that for sure. And don't worry, if MMA isn't your thing, DraftKings Sportsbook offers odds and promos on basketball, hockey, or whatever sport you're watching. But since they're basically giving away $100, you might as well sign up now Watch a little UFC and remember to use the promo code FIELD68. That's FIELD68. Must be 21 years or older. Offer available for a limited time only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. How did you handle all of that? You know, being McDonald's All-American, top 10 recruit. Oh, Sky, look at that guy. He's going to Florida. Like, how, how did you handle all of that stuff? Uh, honestly, I didn't, I didn't handle it. And I mean that in the like, best way. Like, I didn't handle it. All those, you know, the, the attention, the accolades, the following, the interviews, whatever the case may be, like, I knew that I was going to work my, my ass off in order to, like, receive those things. So yeah. all that came, um, you know, it, it, it came young, really young in middle school, where I wasn't mentally there to be able to handle that stuff. But uh, it hit a certain point where, one, I got really used to it, and secondly, uh, when I entered high school, uh, all of those things was a part of what I was trying to accomplish. So when yeah. I, obviously I was really, really excited to be a McDonald's All-American, but like 
I knew that was I knew I was gonna be one because that's yeah that's one of the I was working towards. You know, I knew yeah. I was gonna be a, a hoop summit player because I was working my ass out to become one. You know, I, I knew I was gonna get invited to USA camps because I was working my ass off to become one. You know, I knew I was gonna be a highly recruited player because that's who I was working to become. So I, I wasn't like I'm just once a decision a decision is made or something is received, like I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. Like I've been accomplished, let's move on to the next thing. You know, like hopefully God's willing one day if I get drafted, like that's gonna be a, an amazing feeling. You know, every player yeah. wants to every player wants to or if it's overseas or anywhere, like every player wants to play professionally. But like once the opportunity is laid out in front of you and you take it, basketball is not over. You know, you gotta be the best player overseas, the best player in the NBA, the best player right. you yourself. You know, this it's a constant cycle until you hit a certain age where like, bones don't work no more, but I'm not there yet, hopefully. <laughs> no. It's a constant grind, constant process. You know, I'm I'm my I'm my worst critic. I'm my yeah. worst critic. There's no one else in this world that's harder on Scotty Lewis and that's just a fact. Sometimes it kills me and sometimes I listen to myself too much. Yeah. Um, but I think if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be as driven as I am. Yeah. Constantly competing with myself over and over, over again. Do you, but do you, you know, it's, it's a great, I think that it's a great, um, attribute characteristic to have of like being a critic for yourself. But you know, is there, is there, I think with, with just about anything in life, we need to have balance because you know, the, the percent chance that for you to even be where you are right now as a black man in America with all the odds to be playing at the college that you're playing with the you know, scholarship, et cetera, for that to just happen, the odds, the, the statistics are so small. Like, do you take a, a, a chance sometimes to say, wow, you know, I've through, through everything that's happened or whatever, I, I'm proud of myself for how, how far I am so right, right now. Because, you know, that self, it, it can become self-deprecating. It, it can become uh, uh, counterintuitive where it's like, all right, man, like, you know, we want to continue to cultivate gratitude because that can also continue to help you say like, wow, you know, I've been given this platform and you know this already for sure. Um, you know, I'm going to continue to use it in the best way possible. You know, it, even I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow, and I had to get to that point sometimes because after a bad game, whatever it may be, the carryover would destroy or affect and touch so many parts of my life. And it's like, like outside of basketball, you know, and it's like, dang, like at the end of the day, it, you know, I love it. I'm passionate about it, but it's just a game, you know, it doesn't, I don't have to be, you know, short with my girlfriend or whatever, just because that side of my life isn't going exactly where I wanted to go. You know, is, do, you, do you still, are you able to still have that kind of balance uh, through, throughout the process? It's a working process. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Uh, you know, like, when you when you're your worst critic and the only person that you turn to for feedback is yourself, you remember every single moment of the game where you could have done something better. Yeah. Oh, and obviously you wish those moments back, or you can make that shot. Um, and it's even even more frustrating. You work out so much, you prepare so much, and then when that preparation doesn't, you know, carry over. It's like you just want to get back into the gym and try right. to make sure Harry's over. You know, just just it's uh it's it's frustrating. I'm never not like, you know, I'm I'm like I'm a very happy person, up, uplifted person for the most part. 
Um, but like basketball is the one thing that just like yeah. there's, there's always a little bit of frustration behind it that's fueling so much stuff. So yeah, I, I get that. I, you you got a vision, bro. Like you you literally just said it. Like you have a a lot of times. I think people go through life without even having an aim for something. Like you said, I knew you knew you had you expected. You weren't surprised when you got your McDonald's All American, whatever whatever it may be, because you were aiming towards that. You had a vision, and uh, but you you know there were ups and downs through that process of getting there. And this is that's life. You know, accepting that sometimes things don't go well. Get back in the gym. Game goes really well. I'm still gonna get back in the gym. Like it is a an ongoing process that you you never settle, but you want to like sometimes you like you know I'm I'm on the right path. You know I'm, I can I can take a, a a second to take a breath and just like pat myself on the back and be and say you know give myself a break because you know we get stuck. Our minds just go through these negative. Uh, black holes sometimes and we end up being like the worst player in our minds like hold on man you, you ain't that, you're not bad you just <laughs> this is just part of growth it's part of life it, it I'm, I'm working on just like just getting over myself yeah you know just like Kobe said it best like when he airballed when he airballed those shots and it's really like he had to just like get over himself and like like result to like watching film and figuring out why he airballed the shots instead of what everyone else thought. You know, like Kobe Bryant airballed three shots. It's like, so what? Like, like it's bigger than you. It's, it's not that important. And right. I have, I'm working towards that. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I wish I wasn't so hard on myself and everyone around me wishes I wasn't so hard on myself. Um, and it makes it even worse when the people around you are hard on yourself. Like, if you make a mistake yeah. in practice, but you know how it is. You make a mistake in practice. You yourself, and then you're Let me get them five push-ups. Let me get them five push-ups. Drop again. <laughs> Coaches are mad at you for the same mistake that you're already mad at yourself about. And then when you're super expressive, like 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 I am, your co- like people just think that you're just a super emotional person. And like I'm emotional. Me being emotional makes me a great player or or a good player at the college level. You know? Like without those things, I wouldn't be at the level that I'm at. So it's. <laughs> I don't know. I'm growing. Yeah. I can't say I'm not. I'm growing yeah. every day. Just trying you're to moving, man. You're moving forward. You're not, yeah. you're not complacent. And that's all we can, that's all we can all hope for that we just continue to move. So Scotty, uh, what was it about, you know, during your recruiting process um, that made Florida stick out for you and, and decide that that's where you felt comfortable to, uh, you know, that was your next destination that you wanted to call home? Uh, for me, it was my relationship with my teammates. Uh, prior to actually even touching down on campus. I was really close with Trey, um, Omar, obviously Alex. I grew up with him. I've known him since seventh grade. I've uh, been competing against him since sixth grade, you know. Um, and then when we got to campus, we were just excited for the team and the base that they had here with Andrew and Keontae. And uh, then we got KJ my freshman year. So I knew I'd be surrounded around a bunch of people that wanted to win. Um I know Coach White is borderline psycho, just like me, as far as wanting to win and being extremely competitive the way that he is. Um, And just, you know, he loves the preparation. I love the preparation. Um, You know, you're not going to always get along with your coach, but um, we love to win. And that's where we trust each other on so many levels. 
um, in game and in practice to have certain conversations to where, you know, this may be best for the team and suggesting certain things to each other and talking with the whole entire coaching staff, you know, um, it took me a long time to feel trusted, but once I got that trust on both ends, um, our relationship took off on and off the floor. So yeah, I'm really excited and happy about the decision that I made. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I, I relate on that as far as, you know, I, I put it heads and uh, with coach because I didn't, I didn't come in with the most humble attitude uh, being recruited um, similarly to you being a five-star recruit. It, it wasn't that I thought that, I had all the answers. I just didn't have that humility of like, this is Coach Donovan. He's won so many games, national championships, helped so many guys get to the NBA. I just need to be a sponge. Whatever he says, do it. Like that That should have been, that. if that's the one advice I would have told myself going back, like, Pat, just treat it as though you know nothing and that every single day, Coach Donovan or the other assistant, they're going to teach you what to do and just do it hard. Do it as hard as you can, and if you mess up, at least you did it with 100% effort. Because mm-hmm. the last thing they, the last thing they want is a dude with bad attitude that's not gonna listen, and he's giving terrible effort. Like terrible effort. So what, man? So so it was a, it was a big time learning curve um, for me. Um, so obviously, you know, going into your freshman year, there was a lot of expectations. You know, you and Trey being highly recruited, uh, preseason number six. Um, team that year, you know, everyone was excited. Oh, yeah, we got a good team, this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's like, hold on, like, these guys are freshmen. KJ's coming in. He's coming from a different program. Like, this is a new system. Coach White's still fairly new. Uh, you know, what were your what were your, your expectations? And then what was, like, the biggest learning curve for you coming into your freshman year? Honestly, everything you just said about yourself as a freshman. <laughs> literally, literally, like, down to the T. I, I came in, like – just having so much expectation for myself, you know, this is going to be my team kind of thing. And I'm going to, you know, Coach White's going to let me do this, this and that. Um, My teammates and I are going to have all this fun and we're preseason and we just got KJ and Andrew's coming back and Keontae Johnson, who I was a big fan of throughout my high school career. Um, I'm going to have a chance to play with him. Noah Locke had a crazy um, freshman year, like, I'm Viper. I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm hot shit. I'm thinking our team is just them. Like we're really them. And I, for the longest time, I just didn't listen. You know, I genuinely didn't listen. I thought I had every answer. I thought that certain things were not as black and white as they should be. You know, Coach White is a very like it's either you do it or you don't want to do it. You know, very black and white. And I always thought there was a gray area. You know, like, I always thought it was a great area. Like, we would be doing five and four and a half in practice, and he's like, Scotty, why didn't you close out with your with your right hand on a left-handed shooter? I'm like, we just was playing this game for 10 minutes, and it's the last minute, and I'm tired. You know, that's not an excuse. You know, that's a great area, you know, trying to get myself out of a situation instead of just being like, you know, yes, sir, and allowing the practice to carry on and move on. You know, I would be very just definitive and very, like um, – I'd have opinions and just oh, yeah. things that didn't help me or help the team in any way. And I was like that for so long. And that's why it took me a, a long time. That's why I was so inconsistent my freshman year. And that's why I had certain inconsistencies this year. Um, but it took me a while to figure out Coach White, like as a coach, 
and a person. It took me so long to figure it out. So, you know, obviously during the recruitment process, you don't really know how the coaches are. You don't really know right. how they are as people and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Like they can watch all the games. You can watch them coach. But like you never really know until you're in that setting. So it's totally different when you get to campus, obviously. So um, what I was how I was used to being coached um, is just not how Coach White is, you know. So I had to get used to that. Um, the team had to get used to used to playing with such a, you know, vocal, emotional player like myself. Um, and once we we figured it out, you know, we really started winning games and um Obviously, I started playing. My last 10 games of my freshman year were really good, and that's when I figured it out. And then this year, um, I've had certain inconsistencies, but it's been just me being hard on myself. But, you know, but everything that you said, I was the exact same way in my freshman year. I, I, got, a, I, got, a, I got a great quote to uh, somebody, somebody extremely wise just said this. I saw it on Instagram. It goes exactly with what you just said. Stop trying to get people to understand you. Continue as you do. Better yourself for yourself. Get to learn who you are at your own pace and not at the pace of others. It takes a lifetime of wisdom and experience to understand <laughs> one's own complexities. So why stress when others don't understand you? You know who said that? That sounds, that's, that sounds like a person that has gone through some things that's, that understands like it's a journey. It is not about fulfilling other pe people's expectations, especially the ones that are, are not in the gym. And, and, you know, if there's anybody's expectations you're going to fill, it should be the ones that you're with every day, the coaches, your teammates, not one to let my guys down, doing whatever it takes. Because that stuff outside, man, fans, or they don't know what's going on. They just have opinions. They just see. They don't know X's and O's, uh, your family, uh, whoever for best friends they want the best for you of course they want to see you do well but they don't know what's going on with the team and the schemes and like you're on your own journey you know and, and, it, and, it, and it, it sounds like you've really got to a point a place after these you know year and a half which is fine you know, everyone has their own journey to the, where they get it like alright I don't have all the answers but I am like finally getting where um, in a great rhythm and understanding like it's okay that I don't know everything it's okay like and I'm just going to keep doing my best to try and figure myself out and give it my all. So it's, it's really encouraging hearing that uh, you wrote that quote. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, started, yeah. I was like, you know, this sounds, sounds oddly familiar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So last year, you know, I was there with you guys uh, for a little bit um, yeah. in January, February, which is really cool. Uh, then all of a sudden the pandemic hit, you know, in February and everything shut down. You know, you guys were starting to look much better going into, I mean, that, that, that tough Kentucky loss you guys had at home. Um, but then other than that, you know, you guys are going to make the tournament, et cetera. But the season gets, gets shut down. And I got to say, man, you, you probably have faced, uh, you know, you, your class has probably faced the most adversity of any class in college yeah. basketball history. Uh, you know, what was going through your mind? when they, you know, season's over. At first I was, um, I was really sad, honestly, you know, uh, KJ, I don't, I, KJ is super hard himself as well. Um, I don't think he had uh, the season that he thought he should have had for himself and that he thought that the team should have had. So 
uh, looking at him and some of our other uh, older guys and Coach White, um, you know, there's so many things that I look back on that season and wish I could I could get back. You know, that time and at that three, four-month period where I was struggling with Coach White and just the staff because I wasn't listening in my immaturities. Uh, I wish I could take those things back. And, um, you know, I, after the season was over, I didn't think I was coming back to, to school because um, I had a really good last 10 games and I was excited just to start training and, uh, you know, start the pre-draft process and stuff like that. And, um, and because of COVID, uh, I wasn't able to have a real pre-draft or have workouts and have interviews with, with uh, teams and them having to, you know, have this kind of setting, you know, face-to-face or on Zoom, things like that. Um, and that hindered me in a lot of ways uh, for my process. So I made the decision to come back. Uh, so that was difficult because um, that, that was obviously an expectation that I set for myself. Um, but obviously, I, I, felt, I felt down for Coach White and just for our, for our entire staff. We, we went through so many things my freshman year and um, for something like that to happen with all the momentum that we had going into the tournament, like we knew we were playing Georgia the next day. Uh, everyone was really excited. It was nothing but positive energy, uh, words of affirmation, just making sure everyone was on the right mental mindset to prepare themselves for um, that single buy that we had in those four games. You know, we were prepared to win those four games. Yeah. We were prepared to win those four games. And I think that's what's really carrying this team through our game today game Saturday and those games started on the 12th so I think uh, what we should have done last year is going to happen this year and I have full confidence in that Um, so we'll be holding up a championship like we should be last like we should have been last year on March 14th and I'm just excited to get out there and just show everyone that the team last year I was going to get the job done and this and this year's team is going to do the same thing that we should have done last year but uh, that, that COVID shit was really it was really frustrating the yeah. entire summer. Really frustrating when the season ended because we were yeah. all watching games in the basement in the in the bottom level of the hotel. We went upstairs. Next thing you know, five minutes later, JB calls us. I mean, texts us and says, "Can everyone report back downstairs?" And like, we're all in the elevators looking at each other, like, "Yo, like, we we hope they don't cancel the season." Then the NBA just finished canceled their season. Then the ACC just canceled their season. Then uh, the Big Ten just canceled their season. And we're like, this all happened in a matter of the two minutes we were on the elevator. Wow. So we're all just like, yeah, they're, they're about to, JB's about to tell us they're canceling the season. And that was it. We got our plane that night. It got back to the hotel. I mean, got back to Gainesville March 11th. I celebrated my birthday here. And then I went home probably two days later. Wow. So it was, it was wild. It was wild. Yeah, my, I got to tell you, man, uh, I, my heart just broke for all the guys that were seniors, even though I, obviously I ain't no fan of Florida State, can't stand them Seminoles, but them boys, like Coach Leonard, he actually had, like that, I think that was, would have been a team that they had a chance to win it off or at least make his, his first Final Four. You know, that had a group. And, that had a, that had a group. Hit, you know, so many seniors and, and teams that had a chance to really, uh, and, you know, KJ, I got a chance to uh, uh, be his teammate for a little bit early, uh, this past season. Um, I was like, man, you know, not your last year or having a great season that's just ended on you right there. But, you know, life happens like that sometimes. And mm-hmm. you, you got to continue to move on. I'm sure you just – it gave you such a greater perspective and so much gratitude of, like, you know, 
move like how you appreciate the game even more. And and even even the preparation into this season, because you guys couldn't really have a and I'm sure it's still weird now. Like there's not really stu- there's not really in person classes and it's nothing. No strong like, man pressing none of that stuff. Oh oh y'all couldn't do strong man training this year either? No strong man. Wow, no I know Pres- I know Preston was mad. Preston was tight. <laughs> oh, he was mad. That is Preston. Preston lives for strongman training. Like I think I, I don't know. Like like he he's test he tested it out on us, but my my uh, sophomore year, and I was like, what is? I'm like, yo, I'm a basketball player. Why am I pushing a truck? Like yeah, like, like uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, like. And we talk about it, and like other schools ask us, like, "Yo, like we heard you do this strongman thing." I'm like, "Yo, don't, don't, don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. Just don't, bro." Just don't. I can't tell you how many people ask me about that because uh, I got a video on YouTube when I, I go through like the last, you know, the last day of training of strongman during the summer when you got to do everything. Someone mm. followed me on on camera that whole thing, and I I didn't throw up. I was about to. <laughs> But that joke was crazy, bro. It was, um, it was wild. But I want to transition to another topic. Um, so in the midst of this pandemic last year, uh, we all know what happened to George Floyd, that he got murdered on, tel- on, on camera. Everybody saw exactly what happened. You know, and you obviously, and I want to give you, give you a chance to uh, you know, share about your summer as well with your activism. Something sparked inside of you. And it, there can be a lot of fear in um, wanting to step up and say something, even in the midst of seeing that, of like, you know, you know, it's not right what happened, but to actually go out and lead a march and to be so vocal about Black Lives Mattering, uh, like, what, what propelled you in that sense of like, knowing like, hey, like, this is what I want to do. This is where I stand. I want to help. I want to make a difference. You know, how, how, how were you able just to, to and get support from the school? Because I know the school supported you as well in, in doing that. You know, tell, tell me about that whole process. Um, man, uh, so I, I had already had a nonprofit organization, um, which I started my junior year of high school. Um, it was just myself and my mom and my grandmother at that time. And uh, we did some Who's for the Homeless events. Uh, we what's, raised like... What's in- What's the name of it so you can plug it so people can uh um it's uh peace by you so it's peace by just the letter u um which basically means um our job is to help everyone else find their peace and let it be created by them and whatever they think brings them peace our job is to capitalize on that and um and just spread spread their message spread their story spread our message and spread our story so by our freshman year uh when uh my freshman year summer when all that stuff was going on, we did a full like 360 flip and became an activist group kind of by accident. I was in Georgia and there was a protest out there. Um, I was visiting my dad and uh, we just happened to walk right into the middle of a protest. And I was always, you know, invested in activism and uh, philanthropy and, um, you know, just being extremely candid as a player. You know, I'm a, I've always been someone who's, who's spoken in mind and something bothers me. Sometimes I shouldn't say certain stuff, but, um, you know, <laughs> this is just a topic that there's no way I, I was going to be quiet about it. Um, and I got a lot of backlash this summer. You know, Sky Lewis isn't focused. 
Uh, Sky Lewis, are you still even a basketball player? Um, it's just so much stuff. And not that I cared, but um, myself, my brother, uh, my girlfriend, three of my best friends, we created just a, a super team. We all had different um, goals and we all had different strengths that um, really made the team what it was this summer. So we had our first protest in Georgia. Uh, that following weekend, we had another protest in Asbury Park, which is um, predominantly a black community that's being gentrified right now mm -hmm. um, or going through the, that, that process. And, um, you know, we had certain boundaries and, and stuff, streets we couldn't walk on, things like that during the protest. And uh, certain people were shouting, like, why aren't we going down that street? Um, but, you know, the mayor of Asbury and um, the, the police department was extremely helpful throughout that process. Then when I got to campus, I was contacted um, by some local um, Gainesville residents, and uh, they wanted me to hold another protest here. And um, it was a long, it was a long summer, it was a long summer. Um, it was filled with so many mixed emotions and uh, you really got to be right in the heart in the middle of what everyone was feeling. I think the best part of the summer was seeing so many, uh, this large diverse group of people um, standing up for, you know, one common thing. And um, that's really what kept us going this summer. So it was definitely, you know, I don't know. I think the driving point was that when I look around and, you know, I grew up with four brothers. Um, I have seven sisters, uh, my dad, my mom, obviously, just my entire family. Like, that could have been me and it could have been any of them. Yeah. George Ford, Beyonce Taylor, like any of them. It could have been any of them at any moment yeah. in time. So, I don't know. I guess when, just, yeah, I don't it, know. It's, uh, it's it's crazy, man, that, you know, so many people criticize athletes or whatever for using their platform to speak on, you know, social issues or whatever it may be. And it's like, you don't need to be an expert to, to say, like, I want equality for everybody. I can be, you can just be a human being. But I want to ask you this, uh, like, what is, what is your hope that, you know, through through what has been exposed in the, the unequal systems, the whatever it may be, police brutality, uh, the education system, the healthcare system, um, just talking the conversations about race that, you know, it's something that people really didn't talk about uh, for a while. Like, what is your hope of how we will talk about or how things will look in, in the future? Because I think, I think at some point, um, you know, the, the, the people that are very rigid, because um, I think your generation, my generation is so much more open to seeing everyone as equal, seeing everyone, you know, just your, what's your character? I want to know your character before I even care about, you know, what you look like. What is your hope for how things are going to look for, for our nation and this world in the future? Honestly, I'm hoping that we realize that, you know, our problem is not a political problem. You know, I think um, obviously, you know, I, I was I voted for Joe Biden. Um, I wasn't the biggest Trump fan um, in any way, shape or form, uh, but not because of his policies or his political views or him being our president. I think it's uh, the arrogance, uh, the negativity and the lack of love and respect that uh, he stood for. You know, um, obviously, there was a huge wave. Um, not that, you know, there wasn't 
negativity before he was the president, but he made those dark entities come to light. Um, and he was a face for a country that had so much to hide. And, and, um, and many people gained so much by him being, pre- by him being the president. Um, just freedom of hatred. You know, uh, this problem is that we're having, like, Joe Biden's not going to stop people from being racist. Okay? He's not. He's, like, no president can do that. No one who's a government official has the ability to do that. No politician has the ability to do that. Po- policies is, and law, this, laws don't change anybody's heart. Not in, in, not in any way, shape, or form. If you, if you put out a law that says it's illegal to be racist, it's illegal to, 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 to have hate crimes, no matter how big or how small, people are still going to do them. People are still going to be racist. You know, the, the, the problem with bigotry and uh, inequality and racism, those are taught. Those are, those are things that are taught. Those are things that are shown to children. So I think when he's like, I'm hoping that there's some sort of education reform. You know, I'm hoping that there's some sort of um, neutral environment to where we can express the, 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 the positives of having people from different backgrounds, ethnicities, um, different cultures come together and create something that's so great. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I was never taught to like fear or hate or like any of that. You know, yeah. I, I, was, I lived in New York, I lived in the Bronx, surrounded by pretty much Puerto Rican and black people, Jamaicans, like that's what I was surrounded by. Then when I moved to Jersey, I was I was the only black kid, you know. Like I going to Rainy, going to Rainy, I can name every black kid that was in that school. Yeah. And we had we had pre-K to 12th grade. I could still name every black kid in that school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I could still also name every Indian, every Asian that was in that school. You know, I think I think Randy set a strong foundation for me. I started going there in eighth grade. They said they set a really strong foundation for me and for everyone else as far as how diversity works and how diversity should work. And because of those foundations that were set um, and how they really took time out to, you know, I didn't have a week of, of oh, we're going to talk about slavery. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. You know, we talked about everything. I had a class in high school. That was African American history. Wow, hey, that in you high school, in high school, and that's that's not something that's common. You know what I'm saying? No. Like we, we read African American literature. We read heroes that are not talked about commonly in African American history. You know what I'm saying? Like those are things that like I experienced at a young age. Other schools don't even think about that. They let alone private schools. Majority of private schools are predominantly white, especially in the U.S or predominantly Asian, especially in the US. Yeah. So the fact that there's a class for that and there's clubs for that and they allow these clubs to express things. We had, we had three cultural days in the one year to where you would walk on the track and get to experience different cultural foods, different cultural Man. music, different cultural way of lives. Like that's how you teach diversity. That's how you embed diversity in, and you respect differences within a school environment. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like but the, the thing is, there's, there's got to be an intentionality. 
of seeking diversity in your life. You know, if, if, if I'm only going to spend my entire life around people that only look and think like me, I'm, I'm, I believe I'm missing out on other cultures that God created. So I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm falling short. I'm falling short of experience so much and having my perspective open. I think, you know, to, to piggyback on you, man, I, I really think that the problem, a big problem of our nation and our country and social media has um, made it even worse. People want to fight so much to be right and to be heard versus let me just listen. Let me, let me hear where you're coming from. Let me, let me understand you. What have you experienced? And let me, and you can't feel that way. You can just because no, you've experienced what you've experienced. You feel like you've gone through what you're going through. Let me, let me try to understand you. And if we had, if we just had a heart of that in our country, in everything, man, in relationships, whatever it may be, it, this world would be a, you know, a completely different place. Like everything is so competitive and it's always been that. It's always been that. You know, I understand that it's extremely hard for a country built on take and never give. It's hard for our society to transition into that. And like you said, which I think is great, like if you're constantly surrounding yourself around people who have the same opinion as you and look exactly like you, what culture are you gaining? What knowledge are you gaining? What, like, what information is constantly new to you? In the way like social media works, if, if I say pancakes eight times i'm going to get an ihop commercial on my on my on my on my on my tiktok or on my instagram you know what i'm saying yeah, so like yeah. the more the more that you talk about things that you feel and that the people around you feel the same way that's what you're going to see yeah you're going to you're going to see things that validate your opinion you're going to see things that validate how you feel you're going to see things that validate your beliefs and you're never going to see things that may you know have you second guess, you know, maybe my opinion is not wrong, but maybe I can add other values and other morals to it to where yeah. I have, I have a broader spectrum, you know, like, why would that not be, why would that not be something that I'm interested in? And I think that right. people, and, and, and the problem is, I don't think people don't understand that. I think a lot of people don't understand that, but I think more than what I think people understand that, but they refuse to go out of their comfort zone and express and, and learn something new. Place yourself in a different setting. Place yourself in a different setting. Like, I wasn't only a basketball player in high school. Like, I, I was the vice president of the poetry club. I was a part of the oh, thespian. Wow. Like, I was the thespian of the, of the I, was, I was a part of the thespian society. There wasn't a play or a musical that I wasn't a part of. Wow. You know, being here, like, I had so many friends and I so many you, people. I forgot you can sing. I forgot you can sing. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> people don't place themselves in uncomfortable environments. And, like, it, it works the same in, in life and in basketball. If you don't yeah. make yourself comfortable, there's no room for growth because you're always right. in a comfort zone. You're always in a comfort zone, and that's what it is for race. Like, if I right. never experienced, like, another culture or, or, you know, another kind of whatever, like, how can I ever learn to appreciate what I have? Yeah. Like, there's literally third-world countries you know, like if I didn't know there were third world countries or I've never been to a third world country, I visited, I visited DR and we were on a tour of DR and just seeing the villages and how people live and in other countries and other places that made me more grateful to come back home and realize the essence of what I have. Even though it may, it may not be a lot in the American society, but to other people, what I have is huge. Yeah. 
you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's why, I mean, for me, especially when I was playing, playing basketball overseas in college and basketball, primarily basketball overseas, i made it a goal to make a friend outside of basketball, you know, make, make a friend that can help me expose me to the culture or expose me to different things. Because it's, I mean, it's cool. I love my teammates, but you know, they all basketball players or they have families and they all, we all kind of like are thinking the same kind of stuff. And I'm like, why don't I just have some friends outside of basketball that we can do other things together so I can like, like I just said, be exposed to something. But Scotty, I know you got to get prepared for game day. I got one last question um, for you. This has been a great show, great uh, podcast. Awesome. Uh, so much, so much adversity so far in this year and your experiences uh, so far. And, and you, you've gotten into it, but I got one last question for you. How do you want to be remembered? I know that's a loaded question. <laughs> How do I want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? Because you're, you're doing, you, you're, you're involved in so many different things. You're more than, you already know that you're more than a basketball player. That's just something that you do. It's a tool, something you're passionate about. Um, you got so many great things going for you in your life. You're open-minded. You're always looking to grow. You know, how do you want to be, you know, when people think about Scotty Lewis, you know, 60, 60 years from now? And that's, like I said, it's a loaded question because that's what... <laughs> I'm putting you in the time machine right now. How do I want to be remembered? Um, hmm. That's like a question no one's ever asked me before, like ever. Um, Got it on the show, brother. I guess I want to be remembered for the person that I portray myself to be. So, if, if you know, I think that I'm extremely open-minded. I think that I'm loving, I'm caring. I think that I'm a good person. Um, I think that I'm a good man. Um, I think that I'm someone that has complexities and I'm constantly growing and I'm constantly working on those complexities on myself. Um, I don't know. I guess I just want to be remembered for everything that I've ever done that's impacted someone else. And I want to be, I guess, I don't know. If I had one word, I want to be remembered as a giver. Yeah. I I love that, man. I think I think I want to be remembered as a giver. You know, obviously I've received a lot uh, yeah. through basketball and through my relationships, but I just mean, want to be remembered as someone who gave his all at all times and gave his time and yeah. love and passion to other people. I think I want to be remembered as a giver, for sure. Yeah, I think I think we find true meaning in life when we find service and giving to other people, especially you know true kindness is giving or doing something for someone without any expectation of them ever repaying you and ever repaying you back. Like you just literally did it out of the kindness of your heart. I don't want anything. This is just you. And I, I want to, since we were talking about Kobe, I was listening to him uh, earlier this morning um, on one of my podcasts and Kobe was talking about what he thinks greatness is. And uh, this is a perfect way to end the podcast. Kobe said, that greatness, true greatness, is when you can inspire others, being a person that inspires others. And I got to tell you, man, at about to be 21 years old, you uh, coming up here on March 12th, man, you, you, you're, you're exhibiting that true greatness right now, man. And I, I can't wait to see how the rest of your life is going to unfold. 
thank you so much for your time. Finally getting you on the show, man. This is this has been a, a true pleasure. Me, just everyone's gonna get a chance to get to hear from you, but me just getting this chance to um to get to to sit down and talk with you, man. It's it's been a true blessing. So uh, thank you so much for your time, dog. Good luck today as well. Right now, I appreciate you, brother. We'll, we'll take it home for you today. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right, my man. I'll catch you later. All right, big bro. All right.